Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. This is a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. More than 350,000 pilgrims arrived in Santiago de Compostela last year. They're just the ones who received a Compostela. Experts say that many again walked but didn't collect a certificate. They traversed one of the series of pilgrimages across Europe, El Camino. If you're new to the podcast, you'll find here and in previous episodes stories of inspiration, motivation, renewal, rediscovery, and faith. Just some of the blessings bestowed upon us by the Camino and St. James. There's an old Tibetan proverb, the secret to living well and longer is eat half, walk double, laugh triple, and love without measure. Well, I have two guests this week. American pilgrims, Mark Joseph and his colleague and nephew, Jonathan Fernandez. They're filmmakers and they're on the line. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you so much. How are you? Thank you very much, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm really well. I'm, I'm delighted to be talking to you. Um, Mark, let's start with you. Do you remember when you first heard about the Camino de Santiago? Yes, the first time I heard about the Camino of Santiago was actually coming across um, a documentary. Uh, it was uh, Six Ways to Santiago, ah. and that was actually after um, that was after I had uh, suffered a pretty severe auto accident, and uh, I was basically lying on a sofa, and I'd been on that sofa for around two months with uh, my legs still healing. Um, that was being actually reassembled through a series of surgeries. And, um, you know, once, you know, I had heard about it, I started to explore the Camino and, um, with what I was going through at the time, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, then it kind of sent me the direction of, of where I am today. So how many times have you walked now the Camino? I walked the Camino in, uh, 2016 and then in 2017, and there were reasons for doing it in 2017. Uh, and that was to walk with the young man um, who accidentally hit me uh, about two years prior. Um, no, three years prior, wasn't it? Yeah, because it took a year to learn how to walk again. Um, yeah, I was hit in 15, uh, walked in 16 after learning how to walk and go through surgeries, and then walked with a young man in 17 who had hit me in the auto accident. Do you remember what it was like when you first felt the energy of the Camino? Um, I felt if, if, if you're calling, if, if you're talking about it as, as, as the call, cause many people say that they're called to the Camino. Um, it was after that, uh, it, it was after that, uh, documentary six ways to Santiago and, um, seeing the experiences of what people were going through and what I was going through at that time when I was going through my surgeries, um, it gave me a sense of hope. Uh, it gave me a sense of yearning. I couldn't explain why, but I, it's it's something that um, that I needed to do, that I had to do. You just knew it. I knew it. And and if you are describing it to to other people, how do you describe the energy of the Camino? How do you how do you explain it? 
You know, different people go for different reasons. Um, if I were to say, you know, the, the, this call, this energy that's there that that bring that that brought me there, um, I think what it was for me was it was an energy that there is there is a hope, there is a renewal. Uh, I know I needed to surrender a number of things uh, in my life. And I was hoping that it would take me through a healing process. And, you know, it can, it can be explained, and, and, and I'm just being very, very authentic here, is that in ways it cannot be explained. And even the, even the poems even refer to that uh, by Eugenio Baños, you know. Uh, it, it, there's something about it that you can't explain it. Hmm. Uh, it exists. And yeah. you have to be there and go through it to understand it. Yeah, sometimes... Best not to think too much about it, perhaps. <laughs> just, just, let it, just, just let it happen. And, yeah, just, <laughs> and, and let it happen. And, and there's, a lot, there's, there's a lot that happens. Now, for those who have, who have gone uh, on the Camino, and even John, uh, when he had gone with me, he had probably done um, more of the spiritual research at the time than I had done. And, um, you know, and he's the one who, who had, you know, coached me and before I had gone and said, you know, the Camino is kind of divided into three parts. You know, one is for, you know, your body. The second part is, is, is for your mind. And the third part is for the spirit. And um, I found mine um, to be a little bit of a blend of all three all the way through yeah. with everything that I was going through. And, um, but it does, as I think for most, it does happen in, in, in those three stages in, in bringing your body into condition when you're in your first in, in your first couple of weeks and then getting over to the meseta when you get on this roller coaster, or actually I'm going to call it a carousel of thought and trying to figure things out, which just is kind of like a reflection of your fear, um, and then learning how to let them go and hopefully coming together with those that have gone through the process to where you in some form or manner, you meet with others that they almost become like a communal family. And, um, hopefully you win together at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, I'll go to you. What, what makes the Camino so special for you? Well, Mark was, speaking here and he was telling you this feeling or the essence or the energy about the Camino. I was trying to uh, think about something and something just came to my mind. And I would say that the Camino is the best place to be yourself. I mean, sometimes when you're in your own town, your own place, you know everyone there and Maybe if you travel, you're going to find somebody in a certain point that you know, that you really know, or I don't know, something like that. When you get there, it's like you've never been there. You you never, maybe you expect you're going to have to do something or something it's supposed to happen with you or you're expecting something. But when you get there, you don't know what you're going to face. You don't know what you're going to go through. You don't know anything about that. So that's something really interesting, really like uh, 
it's really, I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen the next day. You don't know what's going to happen the next couple of hours because you don't know the place. Everything is new for you, for your body. Like I was telling you to Mark, uh, you're going to find a lot of stuff for your body, your soul and your spirit also. I mean, you're going to start walking. Your feet are going to hurt. Uh, you're going to be hurt inside. So you're going to need to be strong talking about your spirit and, and all that. I mean, this energy cannot be explained, I think. But of course you can feel it because you have to deal with uh, every next step. And you have to face things that maybe you didn't even imagine. Yeah. So it's really interesting and, and it's really deep and uh, strong for for your spirit and your body also. I mean, this is a really tough uh, process for your body also. Yeah, yeah. It's not an easy walk. Do you still live the life of a pilgrim? We, you, you talked there about the fact that when you're on the Camino, it doesn't matter who you are back home. It's who you are in the now. Do you still live the life of a pilgrim now back at home? <laughs> I got to tell him a story. Absolutely. And you're going to like this. Um, you know, uh, okay, I think the one of the things that you kind of go through when, when you're a pilgrim is learning how to be, you know, people talk about the authentic self. Um, but I think a lot of times we may get wrapped up into our social norms, you know, once that, you know, once we return uh, back into our environments. Um, in finishing this documentary and getting ready for everything that we're going to be doing for it and kicking off a campaign is, um, you know, we're finishing it here in Bolivia. Um, Jonathan's in Bolivia. I wanted to be close to him. Um, I had a daughter come down here to spend a semester in school. Uh, my, uh, my oldest daughter and my son and my wife are up in, um, in the United States. Um, and as you know, my father was Bolivian born. And so, you know, what I'm saying, being out of your skin and living the pilgrim life. So I am coming back. Uh, we, we, we stopped by a, a grocery store that has a little food market for lunch. Uh, John, you weren't here. So this is going to be a new story for you. Um, what ended up happening is we're going we're, we're going by one of the uh, the rotundas. Uh, a lot of the four way stops are set up in rotunda style, even if they're like four lane roads. And a lot of times there will be these street for performers that come in from other countries, whether it be Argentina, Ecuador, Chile. They come to Bolivia. They're usually backpackers. They're somewhat migrant and nomadic, and they'll do everything from like you know street performance, like knives, you know, or or fire, you know, just just the the, the fire jugglers, those types of things. And then they look and they put their hands out to the cars. Well, I saw this kid. It was a Bolivian kid, and he was probably around seven years old. And, you know, God love him, man, because he got this like little box uh, and he used it as a helmet and he had this little box around his torso and he used it like he had like this little robot body. And he was in obviously he, he comes from a, he's poor and he's doing this for money, but he gets out and he starts doing his own little performance. And he has a couple of his his friends a little bit older than him, but around his age. And he started he starts doing a little dance and he goes down and asks for money. And I just, you know, two of the people that are working with me, both Mina, Dorf, uh, Mina Dolph and, um, and Joanna Gottfried, I'm like, Mina, check that out. Joanna, check that out. Mina, stop the car. <laughs> and we were just watching the kid. And I'm like, you know what? This looks like too much fun. 
And I hopped out of the car. And uh, when he ran out onto the street, I ran onto the street with him and started dancing with him. And nobody, you know, there's times people give money. There's times people they don't. And nobody gave him money. And I was trying to coax the people in, just kind of like looking at the kid and, and then pointing at them in the car and then wanting to give them some money. They didn't give it. They didn't give it to the to, to the little boy. So I gave him uh, I gave him some Bolivianos and said thank you and uh, hopped back in the car and we came back over here to the studio to to continue working on everything. But um, I, if you want to talk about the Camino spirit, living it, I think you live it in different ra- ways. Uh, the fact that you know I was cut out of a car almost three years ago. Um, has made a, a big difference on, on how I kind of treat life uh, because you don't know, like John was saying, you don't know what's going to happen the next day. And that boy just looked like he was having too much fun. And so I think that's what the Camino did for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. Being able to just to be able to to live in the now and appreciate what's Absolutely. happening now and to, to live and love what is happening now. So important. So, Mark, let's talk about the you just mentioned the, the auto accident April 10, 2015, Uh, and you were driving home from a meeting, uh, a client meeting, and you were hit. So your whole world turned upside down. For somebody who clearly has a great passion for life, somebody who's happy to jump out at the traffic lights and dance with the boy in a box on the corner of the street, must have been... (sighs) must have been devastating to say the least and then so tell us that story and then tell us how it morphed into a Camino experience for you okay um a lot of different levels a lot a lot of different layers I hope I can lineate it in in the right manner for everyone um I was hit on uh April 10th 2015 uh heading south on the highway uh, there was a young man who had an epileptic seizure, and it was he, he had lost control. He was absent, uh, and he crossed lanes up into the northbound lane as I was heading south. And there was a car in front of me. Uh, it was an F-150 that had slowed down, and I could see his lights uh, go on, and the distance between the F-150 and my car started to close in rapidly. So I pulled to the left to take the shoulder, and right when I pulled to the left to take the shoulder— um, there was a car nearly in front of me where I didn't even have a chance to scream out no. And it, I went black. I lifted my head up and, um, my face was bleeding. Uh, part of the bridge of my nose across right underneath my cheek. I could tell it was crushed. Uh, nose was smashed in, um, foot. Uh, as I was looking around, there was smoke in the car. I looked down. Uh, my foot, the upper metatarsals of, of the foot near the ankle, um, were fractured severely to where my foot was actually kind of, my right foot was bending, uh, to the right. Um, the engine block was, was thrown forward and, um, and, uh, caused the fracture. Uh, in some cases they have to amputate in, in, in my case, thank God, you know, the doctor was a fantastic doctor, and he said it was going to be painful and it would take a long time. But he thinks that he he thought that he could save the foot. So, um, you know, they pulled me out of the. You know, I couldn't get out of the car. Um, I kept punching at the windshield, taking my elbow and trying to smash in um, uh, the left window. Uh, I couldn't unlock it or get get out. And you could hear ambulances coming. 
uh, people running to the car, trying to pull the, uh, the door open. And um, finally, I um, heard uh, the sound of a machine coming uh, towards the car and buckling. Just, I could hear metal and glass uh, cracking. And that sound of um, a door being torn open. Uh, later, uh, I was told that it was uh, the jaws of life that they used uh, on the car to split the back open. And I just remember um, a guy putting, uh, coming in from behind and putting his arm, arm around my chest and saying, we got you, buddy. Just hold on. Just hold on. And uh, with, when his hand was around me, I was comforted and, and the adrenaline started to, to lower. Um, pulled out of the car, uh, stood onto a stretcher. And took it to an ambulance, and you know it, it was so surreal. I mean, everything that you see in the movies, to where your ears are ringing, um, you know, your clothes are being cut off your body with scissors or whatever they use, um, and um, getting to the hospital, um, and then no, and and going in, going in for the first surgery, and just you know. You go black, and you wake up, and uh, your family's there. So, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. So, how long? Did, um, how long did it take you to to recover? And and I'm thinking, you, you, you're a businessman. You had a small ad agency at the time. Did all of that fall around you as well? Uh, yeah, you know, it did. Uh, I had uh, two employees that were working for me, and. Um, and, um, you know, it, it takes about two and a half years for a business to get off the ground. Um, and I started bid, building my book of business. Things were going well. In fact, I'd closed a deal with uh, a, a fairly uh, solid client um, that afternoon when I was driving home. So I was feeling really good. So, again, you don't know when things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, just another representation of, of that. Um, so, you know, when things – in getting back to the surgeries – it took uh, six procedures to put my foot back together, uh, two procedures to rebuild um, uh, my bridge, uh, fix a colla- uh, collapsed septum, and fix a broken nose. But it was, it was the, the bridge of the nose was painful. Obviously, the, the, the foot was painful. The most painful thing about the foot is um, they have these titanium exoframes now that you see athletes in to where if they've hurt themselves or they've broken a bone, it's built – it's like an exoskeleton and rods and that, that, that go right into your skin and go right around – grow right into your bone to hold uh, two bones that are mending into position. Um, this is what was placed around my leg, uh, my ankle, and my foot. Um, and I lived that way for uh, four months uh, on a couch uh, with my leg up. Uh, <laughs> with a lot of pain medication and not knowing what was going to happen next in, in, in my life. I, I was, it put me into a pretty depressed state after, you know, building and fighting so long to, to make something good. Uh, yeah, something yeah. that your family would be proud of, something that you would be proud of. Yeah. And um, I think, and I can't say it's just, you know, I think for anyone who, who dedicates themselves to, to something like that, um, it, it, it hits a it hits a, a sore spot. Yeah, it hits a sore spot. And ninety days later, your father dies. Yes, yes. Um, you know, when I had 
discovered the Camino. You know, my father and I, when I was young and we lived in Bolivia, here in Bolivia, uh, lived here for about a year when I was uh, six years old. And he and I would go walking uh, in the mountainside. Uh, he lives in a town called Cochabamba. Uh, Cochabamba is settled on uh, some of the lower Andes mountains. And so he and I would go walking into the lower hills. And um, we would do that, you know, throughout my life. Um, you know, and so when I thought about this Camino, uh, he and I would always still walk together. Um, and, you know, he was 86 years old, but he was very strong. And, you know, one note that I have to say is that I think I met um, five uh, different uh, pilgrims that were in their 70s and 80s that were doing the whole Camino, which is, you know, pretty fantastic to see. But, you know, I was hoping to be able to talk with him about me doing it. Um, what came out of the conversation is when I did call him and I did speak with him. Um, he was pretty excited and he was started going into, you know, you know, when you're going to go, you know, how long is it going to take you to heal? Uh, you know, three months, four months. Um, and um, knowing at that time that usually around that time, he would go with my mom from Sarasota down to Bolivia uh, to spend time down in South America. So when he was asking me on the timeline, it was about the time he would have gone. And then, you know, I, I said, dad is going to take about a year for me to go. Um, and there was nothing but just silence on the other end of the line. You know, he always had a way of being excited when he wanted in on something. Uh, but that silence was something that was, you know, the first time I'd ever, you know, not heard anything from him. And uh, then he just said, you know, you don't let anybody keep you from this. Um, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Um, and he said, just go. And then he said, I have to go. So um, he came two weeks later uh, to talk with our family. Uh, about what was going on and uh, with him that, and he told us then that he had cancer. And so that silence was for me, the, um, the, I can't go with you this time. Yeah. And you got to do this one. Yeah. And, and so, you, you, you said that one of the reasons, another reason why you walked the Camino was watching him die and having visions of your grandfather and not forgiving your grandfather for, for treating your, your father very poorly. Yeah. And, and, and you know, even John, as, as much as he wants, he, he knows a little of this and he can go into this too. And, but, you know, basically, um, you know, my father, um, when he was passing away, uh, he first uh, had seen uh, a vision of, of my grandmother. And uh, he was, you know, he was, you know, lying on his side. His eyes were closed and, and he was speaking with us. And uh, he said, somebody's walking towards me. And he said it was, uh, he said it was um, my grandmother. And uh, then he said that she, she's, she's walking by. She's not taking me. And, and he starts, he starts, you know, calling out, mamita, mamita, I'm here. Um, please take me. I'm ready. Take me. I want to go. And she walks by and he started to go into just a very low, sad cry that you would hear in, 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 in the throat of your voice. And um, then 
I could see his face grimace. And um, he started to shake and move his head a little bit. And uh, my mother said, you know, you know who is it? And she, he, he said it was my father. He says it's my father. And he proceeds to say, what are you doing here? You gave us nothing. You left us. I don't love you. I don't need you. Leave. Go away. And this cycle happened a, a couple of times. And uh, this cycle that, that happened affected me so much because of I could see from him that, you know, there was a loneliness. Um, there was one time when I was younger that he had told me that, um, that I need to learn how to be alone. And um, I never knew um, exactly what that meant, but I think that is uh, a wound for him that he carried from his, uh, his childhood. I mean, his, my grandfather was, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was abusive and the kids used to get in between, um, to try and protect the mom. So, um, that is what he, that was his experience. And, um, you know, I think parents kind of pass those experiences in, in some ways onto their kids through their, the way they speak with them, the way they talk with them. He was always kind. He was a really good father. Uh, he would get angry when I would do things wrong, but he never beat me. He more loved me than beat me. But there was always some form of a sadness that he felt. And even when his father died, and he found out his, his father died, his father died alone, and he just kind of went off by himself. And um, he probably cried. He probably wished that it could have been different. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, John knows a little of the story if, if he wants to, if you want to say anything. John? Yeah, well, well, he's telling you this. I'm thinking about uh, the Camino because I tried to tell him many times uh, that I was going to try to record or uh, take from him all these uh, reasons why he was walking. So maybe that could be one, you know, that yeah. pain, that father wound, uh, maybe that not forgiving point in his father's uh, dying moment. I don't know. It's just hard. I know it's hard for him to realize that your father is not forgiving his own father. So yeah, yeah. how hard it could be. You, you know that? Yeah. So that's one thing. And, but just one, for me, that's just one thing. But besides that, Mark is walking, uh, carrying his father's ashes and trying to accomplish this thing his father wanted to do with him. So that's another thing, you know, walking with his father, his father's ashes, but outlast his father anyway. So that's something also. And the pain inside, uh, dealing with his father's 
the uh, his father passed away like I don't know it was more than one year but he was feeling so deep inside that uh, it was hurting and that was something else to uh, show for me you know I was trying to show uh, how he was struggling with all this process but every day more and more reasons more uh, pain, more reasons to walk. And that's because sometimes you think you're walking because of this, but then you realize uh, something else just pop out and say, oh no, I'm walking because of this also. And the next day is something else, maybe some personal issues or something with your family or something with your kids or I don't know again it's a lot of stuff going through your mind and you are dealing with these things with this pain every single day and that's because for me this the Camino is a really nice metaphor of life not just while you're walking the Camino, but every single day you're struggling with something. And when you were telling him what about um, your life after the Camino, I think you're going to be dealing with this process you got there uh, your whole life. After you did the Camino, you're going to have this um, feeling in your heart and your soul your whole life. Mm. You're never going to be able to forget what you uh, live there because this is part of your life now. And while, while you're walking, you are remembering many other stuff that you uh, are leaving. You are uh, far away from your country, your house, your family, uh, but you're still struggling with a lot of stuff. And that's because I think this is a, a really nice metaphor of life. I mean, while you're walking, when you're done with the walking, and after you finish your walking, you're still going to have this feeling in your heart. That's a great answer. That's beautifully explained, John. It leads perfectly uh, to Road to Mashiach, uh, the, the, the movie, yeah. the picture, the... Tell, tell us about it, Mark, the road to Mashiach. When, where, how, tell us all about it. Well, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, John and I were, were going over some things and, and talking about it today. And, you know, one of the things, and, and <laughs> I think he wanted to strangle me <laughs> a couple of times when we were walking because, you know, John uh, does work with documentaries, uh, but a lot of the uh, work that he's done, and he can go through that uh, as well, it has been through um, uh, productions of, of shows with scripts. Um, when I went uh, on this first one, you know, the side of me uh, of, of an artist knowing that there would be this downtime for myself is, you know, the, the worst times that you feel as an artist are the times where you feel like you can make something most in in, in I, I wasn't being able to, to design. Uh, I wasn't able to, you know, work in this way, but I can certainly walk and, 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 and have somebody in the family follow me with a camera. So when we went over there, we didn't go with a script. Uh, we went for the complete, raw, authentic experience with not expecting anybody to do anything. 
um, other than filming. Now, there are things that he wanted to do uh, and do certain takes uh, to capture me when I was coming into town. But sometimes I'd even come in from the, from a different direction of town. <laughs> and he's like, you just screwed up the shot. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like one of those things to where, you know, it is the Camino. And, and, and at the end of the day, the one thing he would say to me is always have faith and it's going to be okay. You know, everything that we're getting is going to be okay. I could tell that there was times where he was, he was frustrated because, you know, I was advised by somebody who, who had done one of these documentaries before that you had to have time to jump and be to yourself. And um, I went ahead and uh, I did the jump and uh, John would, would, would either jump ahead or jump behind to get B-roll. But I was allowed to have the two or three days by myself to go through a process because I needed personally so much to do a change. And the difference in having John there was that I wasn't walking with um, just somebody who was holding, the cam- holding a camera. I was walking with a member of my family. So, you know, the, the nice thing about this uh, walk and, and, and what was special for me, it wasn't just cameras that were on me, but I was walking with a member of my family. It was walking with a member of my family that uh, knew the history uh, of our family, of my grandfather, and how, you know, he passed, you know, some of these hurts on to the kids. And, um, you know, it, it, was, it was somebody to, to be a little bit more, um, that I could be intimate with, you know, and um, that was important for this. Uh, when, when you're crying, <laughs> when you're crying, it, it's, it's a lot better to have a family member around that you trust than just have a, have a guy with a camera on you, you know, it's, um, it, and so for, for me, the walk was, I would say a pure walk, not only for the reasons of being able to record a memory of this, not knowing what it would be. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, John was confused why we were carrying cameras. I was a little confused on why I wanted to bring a camera um, and if it was going to work out. But in the end, um, you know, there is a certain spirit of direction that uh, kept pushing me along and, and pushing him along to where we kind of realized what we were doing by the people that we encountered and the people that we had spoken with and the people that I've met since then, that, you know, what we were doing was what I call um, a communal of devotion. That's right. Tell us about a Camino of Devotion. Um, a Camino of Devotion is, um, you know, many different people walk uh, the Camino for their own, you know, personal reasons, as we know. Um, but, you know, the Camino of Devotion is, is what I have um, termed as somebody who, first of all, you have to walk for yourself. And I was right reminded of this many times by people when I first, you know, thought of this phrase. Um, and they're absolutely right. I was walking for myself, uh, but I had a spirit of needing to heal something that was in me and hopefully take some type of an energy or spirit that was maybe given to me and given to my father that he would rest in peace and I would find a peace, be able to pass on to my family. And, um, the people that we met along the way, um, who, who you will see in the documentary, we're walking for those um, for those very same reasons, and so Jonathan was was smart enough uh, as I was walking with a few of these people to interview them and talk with them. And um, some people would walk with items of family members that were emotionally sick or physically sick, hoping that you know their walk and their suffering along the way or their devotions to them 
would help, you know, you know, resolve that pain and that hurt that they're, that they're suffering with. The same way, um, I would walk with my father's ashes and other two other people that we met along the way as well walked with, uh, their, um, their, uh, one with the ashes of a mother, one with the ashes of a wife. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing to know and be able to speak with somebody who is, is resonating on your level and, um, feels like they're trying to give and, um, and forgive and surrender and come to terms uh, with things that have happened in their life. You know, the, the, the Camino has a reputation for providing renewal. When you're talking about walking for devotion, it could be a devotion to oneself, couldn't it, in many ways? Yes. Um, I'll, I'll say something on that, but, you know, I'd like to kind of hear what John has to say, too. The renewal of the self uh, does come from a certain amount of, uh, of, of having to surrender certain things. But also, you know, the renewal of the self knows that you may have to be strong about some things, even though you know that they're going to be painful in the process. So, you know... Um, I don't know if, if everybody knows that when they walk the Camino, and I've heard enough people try to explain that when you're around the source of people that are in that uh, in doing the Camino, is it brings you to the pivot point to where you can say, yes, this is the direction I, I need to go. But sometimes when it's, when it's the direction you need to go, you're crying because you know you need to go there, but you're doing it because you have to. And I'm getting emotional while I'm saying it. I apologize, but that will be revealed in the film as well. Did you find the solace that you sought? When people solace in being able to go through my process, yes. Um, solace as in I came back with a, a, a Camino high. Um, no. Uh, many people talk about uh, a Camino sickness um, of a hurt for it still. And um, on some levels, I wanted to just turn around and walk the Camino backwards once I received, once I, you know, had gotten to my destination. Um, and then people would look at you and, and say, well, gosh, the Camino of Santiago didn't work then. Um, I beg to differ. I think that the Camino brought me to the point of knowing that I would have to go through some things uh, in my life in the future uh, for my family that um, would be hard. And I didn't exactly want to jump back into the world yet. I think I wanted to um, walk backwards knowing that I could walk backwards, maybe a little bit running away from it, you know. Um, But at the same time, knowing that now that I knew this, let me work through this so I can come back stronger, but nobody can go away for two or three months and, and, and just do that. You know, it's time to get back to quote unquote real life that you have to, that you have to, uh, take these experience, these experiences back to. And, um, so, um, I think for me, there was the solace that I did go through a process, but, um, I did, uh, go home, um, hurting uh, knowing that I would have to, um, well, you'll find that on the documentary. <laughs> so, and John, if I could ask you, 
did you see a yeah. ch- did you see a big change in in Mark through the whole process? Um, I wouldn't say that it was a big change, but yeah, something uh, that we started talking before, even before we traveled for the first time, it was like, okay, we're gonna try to. Um, record this or we're going to try to show this this part of your emotion of your life or your feelings you're going to try to talk about this in this point while we are starting the Camino you're going to start talking about how you feel right now and while while you're walking you're going to tell me how it works and uh, if you're feeling better or something like that but nothing happened like that like he was saying before uh, he needed uh, he needed as a process, but as an internal process. And of course, maybe some stuff were changing inside. Maybe some feelings were changing, but maybe I couldn't uh, realize in that moment that something was changing. And at last, when we finished the walking, uh, I saw something in him. And I told him this morning, it was like, when he finished, and he was in Santiago de Compostela, that's the last town, and it was like, okay, you're done, man. But he was not done. He he needed more. I, I don't know if more walking, more experiences, or more what. And, of course, something was changing inside. And maybe I realized some changes in him, but after even more than a year, you know? It's like, at the beginning, it was like, oh, the grandfather and uh, his father passing away and all that. But after that, it was not those things. It was something like, no, this is about forgiveness. This is about hope. This is about uh, something else, not just those things that we, we thought at the beginning. So... I think, yes, he changed a lot, but not like he's not another person now. But I think he understood many stuff that were going on inside himself. You know, it was like he was struggling with so many things inside that after this walking, he started started realizing that uh, something was going to be better or he was going to get something from this walking uh for himself for his soul and yes i think a lot of stuff changed on him yeah you know i think you're going i was going to say that you know i think you know the one thing people have to to understand about the camino is that there there are movies out there there are documentaries out there each person has their own individual walk but um you know the camino isn't um like a movie uh, a, a Camino, the, the Camino Santiago isn't where um, it's packaged up in, 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 in the noted, you know, uh, North American uh, style that there is that there is a happy ending. And I'm not saying that mine uh, was not a happy ending because I have uh, a wife. I have three beautiful children. And, um, you know, I know people that go through so much uh, more uh, when it comes to their own personal lives. Um, but, you know, at the same time, all of us deal with, you know, individual hurts inside. 
And even though I was able to recognize those individual hurts, face those individual hurts, know how they affected people in my life and the positions that I needed to take, um, that was still the, the, the raw that I, that, that I felt. And, 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 you know, the Camino makes you uh, very raw and, and open with your emotions. And then the, there was the people that supported along the way, you know, these people that were friends that you supported them, they supported you. Um, they would cry, you would cry, you talk, you, <laughs> John, you know, and I were, were talking and he said this this morning, it's like, you know, you, you kind of think that you can, you can be open with these people and that, oh gosh, I never need to see them again, you know? <laughs> yeah. But surprisingly, they become your best friends because they know you intimately um, and don't judge what you're going through because they're going through things themselves. And that's, you know, in a sense, this is to why there's a certain sisterhood and brotherhood and a family to the Camino Santiago. So there is that. There is that. So now take us to the movie. And where are you with it now? What is the process? And, and if people are listening and they're inspired by your story, they might like to, to help you in, in the process no, of, I, of making it all happen. Where are we at? What's yes. happening? There's a certain, uh, you know, spiritual ins- inspiration to this that guides you along the way. And, you know, jumping into we didn't have a script, which you may want to talk to John about, um, you know, um, we're at that point to where we understand finally after we've gone through this. What, this, what, what the Camino was about, what the story is about, how we want to build this story that it can change lives and change families and, and be able to uh, transmit um, love and understanding between people. Um, and that, you know, in reference to the um, quote that you that you had given at the beginning, uh, just to be able to um, give love to those who, you know, many times people um, have so much given um, uh, pain to, and, and just know that they are loved. This is what we, we, we hope, um, with a capital H that this, um, that this uh, documentary film is going to be able to give. We're hoping that people will want to be, be supporters, that uh, they will understand the film and, and believe in the film and understand that we're giving our heart and our passion and our authenticity into this to make this one of the, the, the best documentaries uh, about renewal and hope that they have uh, they've seen in a while. Well, congratulations to you both on, first of all, your journey. And secondly, for having the courage to tell the story. It's not an easy story to tell. And indeed, in the process of this, this interview, I think you could tell, Mark, in, particularly in your case, there's a lot of hurt there and there's still a lot of healing to be done. Yes, I, I think that there is. Um, one of the people uh, that I did walk with on the Camino, uh, <laughs> she would look at me in, in our group and she would laugh and she'd go, oh, and she would tease. This is a, 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 she teased me a lot. And she'd go, oh, look, Mark, he's going to cry again. (laughs) And then my, you know, my sad face would get a, I'd get a smile on my face. She was there to kind of cheer me up. And uh, I I think people need to understand that, you know, yes, it's, they will see many moments uh, of joy and and, and happiness and and family 
And I think that you you go through that in life. You know, the Camino, like John said, is is like life. And you go through these rough parts in the first two sections at the beginning. And then once you come upon the people that, you know, have gone through their things and, 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 and their experience on the Camino to carry you along and you carry them along. Um, yes, you have those moments. Uh, but in the end, you know that you still are working through um, things in your life. And the Camino is just the pivot point to allow you to face it. And I believe after going through it to make you stronger, to be able to face it where other people may be afraid. Well, congratulations on the film. And I think people, not just pilgrims, will enjoy the journey of the heart and soul that you two have created. Thank you for your time. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you, Dan. Mark Joseph and Jonathan Fernandez. Buen Camino, boys. Buen Camino. Buen Camino, Dan. Thank you. You can find out more at mushiafilm.com, M-U-X-I-A, film.com mushiafilm.com mark and jonathan have also launched a kickstarter fundraising campaign if you're inclined to help them get the picture to the big screen go to kickstarter.com and type in road to mashia i mentioned an old tibetan saying in the intro the secret to living well and longer is eat half walk double laugh triple and love without measure until next week i'm dan mullins buen camino Somewhere along the way Somewhere along the way